Hey family, it's your girl, She Rambles, and welcome to the Ramble Within. This is the final ramble of the week. This week we discussed my time with the Nation of Islam, and in honor of that time with the Nation of Islam, who better to end the ramble, um, the final ramble of the week with Minister Malcolm X. He did have a fire bombing in his home on uh, the morning of February 14th, 1965. In 20 below weather, he had to go outside with his family as he watched his home um, engulf in flames because someone, some coward, some narrow-minded, as you will hear him say, um, person went ahead and sent some firebombs through his home. Let us hear what he has to say about that and other things as well. Join me now as we hear a speech that was given by Brother Minister Malcolm X in Detroit after his firebombing at his home. Nothing can stop you. Keep going. Let's go. Hey, hey, family. This is the condensed version of the speech because it is quite long. So here we go. Distinguished guests, brothers and sisters, ladies and gentlemen, friends and enemies, I want to point out first that I'm very happy to be here this evening. I'm thankful for the invitation to come here to Detroit this evening. I was in a house last night that was bombed, my own. It didn't destroy all of my clothes, not all. But you know what happens when fire dashes through, they get smoky. The only thing I could get my hands on before leaving was what I have on now. It isn't something that made me lose confidence in what I'm doing because my wife understands and I have children from this size on down. And even in their young age, they understand. I think they would rather have a father or a brother or whatever the situation may be who will take a stand in the face of any kind of reaction from narrow-minded people rather than to compromise and later on have to grow up in shame and disgrace. So I just ask you to excuse my appearance. I don't normally come out in front of people without a shirt and a tie. I guess that's somewhat a holdover from the Black Muslim movement, which I was in. That's one of the good aspects of that movement. It teaches you to be very careful and conscious of how you look, which is a positive contribution on their part. Tonight, we want to discuss, by the way, also, when I came here today, I was a bit late last night. The temperature was about 20 above, and when this explosion took place, I was caught in what I had on, some pajamas. And in trying to get my family out of the house, none of us stopped for any clothes at that point. 20 degrees cold. I myself, I had gotten them into the house of the neighbor next door, so I thought perhaps being in that condition for so long, I would get pneumonia or a cold or something like that. So a doctor came today, a nice doctor too, and he shot something in my arm that naturally put me to sleep. I've been back there asleep ever since the program started in order to get back in shape. So if I have a tendency to stutter or slow down, it's still the effects of that drug. I don't know what kind it was, but it was good. It makes you sleep, and there's nothing like sleeping through a whole ordeal with a lot of excitement. He goes on to speak about when he went to Africa and um, different parts of the world, London, Asia, and things like that, and speaking to, you know, black people around the world because he noticed that we need to be able to unify with our brothers and sisters abroad in order for them to understand because again in different countries you know black people are not dealing with things the same way they deal with them in the united states and other places 
you know, I mean, you say something to somebody in London that, hey, in America, blah, 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 and they're looking at you like, what? <laughs> we don't have that going on over here, you know? So it's kind of, you know, um, it's really eye-opening, you know what I'm saying? Because, I mean, if I live on, on the way on the other side of the world, and even the programming, the, the television thing, everything is different. So, you know, they're really not knowing. Even to, to see it, you know, just having the experience of coming over here and you're like what this this is how y'all treating people over here it's 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 amazing to them so he went around and you know uh spoke of, of with, with black people around different countries and things like that in efforts to unify and you know you would think that um he said you know you're not met with you know people that had attitudes and were looking all like you know what this man talking about they were nice and 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 loving and they came in and it was like okay i mean let's let's talk about this because this does this does not make any sense you know so um he was on the plane um coming either coming back or going somewhere and then there was a white woman um on the plane and you know they are they was all having you know all having just engaging in conversation and things like that and she was looking like you know, she looked at his briefcase. What kind of, ex, I mean, what kind of last name you have? That's that's X. He said, that's just it. It's just X. And she said, well, what does the M stand for? And he said, Malcolm. And she looked at him. She's like, you're not Malcolm X. Because, you know, the media had, you know, uh, you know, shunned him and, and, you know, made him basically look like a person, like he said, that wanted to kill all white people type of thing. So, he goes on to say, so before I get involved in anything nowadays, I have to straighten out my own position, which is clear. I am not a racist in any form whatsoever. I don't believe in any form of racism. I don't believe in any form of discrimination or segregation. I believe in Islam. I am a Muslim and there's nothing wrong with being a Muslim, nothing wrong with the religion of Islam. It's just, it just teaches us to believe in Allah as the God, as the God those of you who are Christians probably believe in the same God because I think you believe in the God who created the universe. That's the one we believe in. The one who created the universe. The only difference being you call him God and I, we call him Allah. The Jews call him Jehovah. If you could understand Hebrew, you'd probably call him Jehovah too. If you could understand Arabic, you'd probably call him Allah. But since the white man, your friend, took your language away from you during slavery, the only language you know is his language. You know your friend's language, so you call for the same God he calls for. But he's putting a rope around your, when he's putting a rope around your neck, you call for God and he calls for God. And you wonder why the one you call on never answers. So once you realize that I believe in the supreme being who created the universe and believe in him as being one, I also have been taught in Islam that one God only has one religion and the religion is called islam and all of the prophets who came forth taught you that religion abraham moses jesus muhammad all of them and by believing in one god and one religion in all of the prophets it creates unity there's no room for argument no need for us to be arguing with each other and also in that religion of the real religion of islam when i was in the black muslim movement They didn't have the real religion of Islam in that movement. It was something else. And the real religion of Islam doesn't teach anyone to judge another human being by the color of their skin. The yardstick that is used by the the Muslim to measure another man's is not 
the man's color, but the man's deeds, the man's conscious behavior, and the man's intentions. And when you use that as a standard of measurement or judgment, you never go wrong. And that is true. We, you know, we put color in the front of everything. And you know what I'm saying? It, it, it is what it is in some certain aspects. You know, certain things are just scientific fact. You can't argue it down. I remember when I was in, um, I believe I was in 11th, no, 10th grade. And um, I will never forget being in, I believe it was biology class. And the man, um, the teacher at the time, he was like, yo, you know, um, <laughs> we're going to learn about the recessive gene and the dominant gene and the thing we had to do that chart. I can't remember what the chart was called, but, you know, the four squares and you do all of that. And even before this time, I just wouldn't pay attention to this class. I mean, I would do the work, but I just, you know, I wasn't I wasn't checking there. But this particular day, he want to call on me. And I was like, oh, my gosh, why are you calling on me? And so I had to go up there and do the the, pro, the problem or whatever the case is. And he was like, OK, um, you got it right and things like that. Can you explain it? And I was like, simple and plain. The, the black, you know, the, the, the black gene, the dominant gene um, is present. Um, and when the dominant gene is present, you know, it just dominates. I mean, it just is what it is. And then he was just like, and who has the dominant gene? I looked at him. Now, mind you, he was he was not a white man. He was mixed Middle Eastern somewhere, somewhere up there, like uh, Mediterranean something. And I was like, African-Americans have the dominant gene. Um, yeah. And if they mix with any other race, that is why the whole third of a man thought came from because of, of that. And oh my gosh, this boy in the class was so upset. How dare you say that and blah, blah, blah. And he just started going off and the teacher was like, what are you upset about? And he was like, she's trying to make it seem like her race is this and her race is that and blah, 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 blah. And I was like, look, you know, science is science, and you can't dispute a fact. Facts cannot be disputed, so I ain't have nothing to say. I just sat on down and let the teacher explain it to him so he can understand. I mean, he went to as far as calling his got his parents involved and all of this that uh, he's teaching black something, black power, and it was just wild. But then, you know, finding that out as a black person, you know what I'm saying? I was just like, wow, that's that's some powerful stuff and he just couldn't take it but I mean facts was facts and I even went back on and, and researched it some more after the fact um so now uh we go to um him talking about how um his way of doing things were different from that of Martin Luther King of course Dr. Martin Luther King preached to love and you know let's be quiet and you know we fight like this, fight with love and things like that. And his his thing was, look, you know, y'all think that I'm inciting violence. I'm not inciting violence. I'm telling people that they need to fight for their rights. You know, it's the same thing. Bob Marley, get up, stand up. Stand up for your right. You know, get up, stand up. You have to fight for your rights and don't give up the fight, you know. And so he said, you know, I'm not that is not my philosophy. I'm not going to walk around here and just be like, okay, you know, we, we going we gonna overcome it with love and all of this other stuff. And he goes to say, and Negro man's 
Negro men were standing around doing nothing. And this is when um, he saw that there was a black woman in Selma, Alabama, getting knocked to the ground with sheriffs. And they were sitting there putting their feet on her neck and all kind of stuff and just doing the most. And then black black men were just standing there doing nothing. And so they say, well, let's overcome them with our capacity to love. And he's like, what kind of phrase is that? Overcome them with our capacity to love. And then it disgraces the rest of us because all over the world, picture this picture is splashing, showing a black woman with some white brutes with their knees on her, holding her down and a full grown black man are standing there watching it. Okay, so when I saw it, I dispatched a wire to Rockwell. Rockwell was one of the agitators down there. Rockwell, this his name was Lincoln Rockwell. And the wire said, in essence, that this is to warn him that I am no longer held in check from fighting white supremacists by Elijah Muhammad's separatist black Muslim movement, and that if Rockwell's presence in Alabama causes harm to come to Dr. King or any other black person in Alabama who's doing nothing other than trying to enjoy their rights, then Rockwell and his Ku Klux Klan friends would be met with maximum retaliation for those of us who are not handcuffed by this nonviolent philosophy, and I haven't heard from him since. Brothers and sisters, if you and I would just realize that once we learn to talk the language that they understand, then they will get the point. You can't even reach a man if you don't speak his language. If a man speaks the language of brute force, you can't come to him with peace. Why good night? He'll break you in two as if he's doing as he's been doing all along. And if a man speaks French, you can't speak to him in German. If he speaks Wahili, you can't communicate with him in Chinese. You have to find out what this man speaks. And once you know his language, you'll learn how to speak his language and he'll get the point. There'll be some dialogue, some communication, some um, understanding will be developed. Now, people will be like, oh no, that's still inciting violence, inciting violence. Ecclesiastes tells us there is a time to love and a time to hate, time to fight, time to cry a time to grieve, a time to build, a time to tear down. It is a time and place for everything. And Minister Malcolm X tells us that, you know, we are, we've been taught by the white man that it's only one time for everything. But there is a time for you to cry and there's a time for you to laugh and there's a time for you to build and there's a time for you to tear down. That is in the Bible, okay? And what do you think it means? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So it's like, come on, like, let's let's stop it. And yeah. So he says, and you sit there when they're putting the rope around your neck saying, forgive them, Lord. They know not what they do. As long as they've been doing it, they're experts at it. They know what they're doing. So since they, the federal government has shown that it's, it isn't going to do anything about, but talk it as a duty. It's your and my duty as men, as human beings It is our duty to our people to organize ourselves and let the government know that if they don't stop that clan, we'll stop it ourselves. And then you'll see the government start doing something about it and don't ever think about they're going to do it just on some kind of morality basis. No. So I don't believe in violence. That's why I want to stop it. And you can't stop it with love, not love of those things down there. No. So we only mean vigorous action and self-defense and that vigorous action we feel we're justified in initiating by any means necessary. 
There it is. By any means necessary. The most famous thing every time you see a shirt from Malcolm X. By any means necessary. I mean, truth truth be told. Like, you got to use the example of just coming in your house. Because, you know, mo- I mean, most people don't even like somebody to stare at them. But think about when you're when you're in your house and somebody just walk up and you're going to just let somebody walk up in your house and make a sandwich. I understand Martin did that with the brother on the fifth floor. But let's be for real. You walk up in your house and you see somebody all in black. They got all your stuff on the porch that they done stole, but they going to stand and make a sandwich. What you going to do? You going to just say, all right, brother, man, just come on out the house and and da 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 da. No, you're not going to do that. You're going to go off. You're going to try to beat them down and you're going to. You go try to make sure they come about your house, okay? So this is how you have to take it. Like all the ghettos, all the neighborhoods is ours. All the earth is ours. You know what I'm saying? We here, we here, we're all over. You know what I'm saying? Even in the places you wouldn't think. I mean, Nebraska, for God's sake. This is, I believe, this is where uh, Minister uh, Malcolm X is from. Nebraska. We wouldn't think no black people in there, but they there, okay? So it's like we have to, we have to stop you know what i'm saying and but that's the whole fearful thing and things like that he said and then any negro in the community can be stopped in the street put your hands up and they pat you down you might be a doctor a lawyer a preacher or some kind of uncle tom but despite your professional standing you'll find that you're the same victim as the man who's in the alley just because you're black and you live in a black community which has been projected as a community of criminals see what i'm saying uh-huh this is done but yet where it's a community of criminals but they want to tear it down so they can build up up they, they condos and stuff on it land that has blood on it and all of these criminal and on all of these the these these things but they want to gentrify it right this is done and once the public accepts this image also it paves the way for a police state type of activity in the negro community community they can use any kind of brutal methods to suppress blacks because they're criminals anyway. And what has given this image? The press. By letting the power structure or the race, racist element in the power structure use them in that way. A very good example was the riots that took place here during the summer. I was in Africa. I read about them over there. If you'll notice, they referred to the rioters as vandals, hoodlums, thieves, and they still do that today. They still do that today. They tried to make it appear that this wasn't. They tried to make it, and they did this. They skillfully took the burden off the society for its failure to correct these negative conditions in the black community. It took the burden completely off the society and put it right on the community by using the press to make it appear that the looting and all of this was proof that the whole act was nothing but vandals and robbers and thieves who weren't really interested in anything other than that which was negative. And I hear many old dumb brainwashed Negroes who parrot the same old party line that the man handed down in his paper. <laughs> so he, he he goes on to talk about that. It was not the case that they were just knocking out store windows ignorantly in Harlem for instance all of the stores are owned by white people all of the buildings were owned by white people black people are just there paying rent buying groceries but they don't own the stores clothing stores food stores any kind of stores don't even own the homes they live in this is all owned by outsiders and then these rundown apartment dwellings the black man in Harlem pays more money for it than the man down in the rich park avenue section it costs us much more money to live in the slums than it costs them to live on park avenue okay my goodness like he was going in and in and in and in and because 
he came with such fire with such just just in your face like i'm gonna say what everybody is was talking about yeah it's all well and good with dr king and that approach again that was his path that's what people don't get everybody has a path everybody has something they need to do okay and then how 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 you know he had his path of 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 of, you know let's let's do it the you know the christian with love and all of that stuff like that and over here it's the same thing look i'm in a religion or whatever the case is that's that's about love too but we ain't about to just be sitting here letting people stomp on us funny how he talks about the mass murder in congo of women and children and babies but there was no outcry even from the white liberals even from your friends why because they made it appear that it was a humanitarian project they said that the planes were being flown by american trained anti-castro cuban plot pilots this was propaganda too soon as you hear that it's american trained you say oh that's all right that's us and the anti-castro cubans oh that's all right too because if they're anti-castro whoever else they're against that's good because castro is a monster but you see how step by step they grab your mind he goes on to talk about the 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 salaries that we have and how they they they, there's so many things that are it's like it seems like this message this speech goes right into today aren't we having some issues going on with congo right now same thing this is 1965 here we are in 2024 still going through the same stuff still being manipulated by propaganda that's why me i do not engage in the news i will not watch it and it's weird that it, it to me that the only real real true news is on is on social media mainly tiktok because this news is all fluffed up and 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 whatever and if it doesn't make a break or if it doesn't create fear in the people they will not put it on mainstream tv okay they're not going to tell us the full truth a, a dang on meteorite could be coming straight to coming straight to earth they're not going to tell you that <laughs> they go oh it's just some showers coming it's going to be a or whatever and then boom while they're hiding in their little bonkers or whatever the case is and the joke is on them on them bonkers i ain't got that them bonkers ain't nothing no i I, you know i said bonkers bonkers is a candy that was way back in the day i don't know if y'all remember that but you know this is called the ramble within so yes i will ramble on but that is so funny that i said bonkers but bonkers and the the joke is so 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 on them when it comes to (laughs) trying how you gonna try anyway so anyhow I'm going to end it. And he says, and in that line, we will work with all others, even civil rights groups who are dedicated to increase the number of black registered votes in the South, voters in the South. The only area in which we differ with them is this. We don't believe that young students should be sent to Mississippi, Alabama, and these other places without some kind of protection. Mm -hmm. So we will join in with them on their voter registration and help train brothers in the arts that are necessary in this day and age to enable one of one to continue his existence upon the earth i say again that i am not a racist i don't believe in any form of segregation or anything like that i'm for the brotherhood of everybody but i don't believe in forcing brotherhood upon people who don't want it long as we practice brotherhood amongst ourselves and then others will want who want to participate brotherhood with us we practice it with them also we're for that but i don't think that we should run around trying to love somebody who doesn't love us thank you and that is minister malcolm x's um speech right after the bombing of his home 
1965, February 14th, on Valentine's Day. The nerve of them people. But on Valentine's Day, they had the nerve. But one week later, Minister Malcolm X was assassinated on February 21st, 1965. Remember what he said. You stand up for your rights. You get up, you stand up, and you stand up for your rights. And remember that we are all brothers and sisters. And if they are doing something wrong to one of us, they are doing it to all of us. Peace. The Ramble Within podcast was brought to you by executive producer Katia Bowers. You can find her on Instagram at underscore MRS dot B-O-W-E-R-S underscore that's at underscore Mrs. Dot Bowers underscore creative director Caprice Wells. You can find him at Instagram at Caprice Wells. That's C-A-P-R-E-E-C-E-W-E-L-L-S or at His Legacy Podcast on Instagram. Check out his podcast, His Legacy Podcast on Spotify, YouTube, and TikTok. And of course, your girl, she rambles, your host. You can find me on TikTok and on Instagram at The Ramble Within Podcast. You can get the podcast on Spotify, Apple, iHeart, Google, Amazon Music, and Pandora. And join us on Mondays for our Magnetic Mondays, Wednesdays for the Midweek Ramble, and Fridays for our final Ramble of the Week. Thank you for your listening ears and your support. Peace. Don't forget to like, share, and follow. Music.